0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. fantasy footballers DFS and betting podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni
1: and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. It's Tuesday, October 17th. We're back. It's fantasy footballers DFS and betting podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni and I am joined as always by Matthew well played bets. You guys played well. You seem very sad,
2: Kyle, on this beautiful fall Tuesday morning. I don't know why um th- what time was the game uh, the Braves game on last night?
1: Yeah, yeah, it for some reason it, you know it just didn't show up. my local <laughs> TV here
2: <laughs> weird must have been a local blackout or something
1: yeah it's it's really weird. uh, we're glad you're with us on this podcast. We are gonna be looking forward. there's no sense you know, looking back uh that much to what happened this past weekend. Uh, we'll talk about our cash, you know, lineups where we went. Betts went in some interesting directions, which it feels weird because I'm usually the galaxy brain off the wall contrarian and Betts went down an interesting path this past week. Um, but his Phillies are crushing right now, just absolutely crushing. So that's good. But your Eagles lost. So are you just like back and forth, just like snip, snap, snip, snap? That
2: is how it feels. Yeah, I mean, there was the the high of Thursday where they advanced, of course, over the Atlanta Braves, one of the, the Major League Baseball's most, uh, you know, faulty teams. Um, <laughs> And losing to Zach Wilson, it was like, okay, like, th- this is it's one of those weeks, right? I mean, you had the Niners lose to the, the Browns led by PJ Walker, you had some chaos everywhere. Uh, I had a terrible week in cash, we can talk about that in a minute um so that all happened in the same day and I was like man like I need Phillies baseball back on of course fortunately they win uh, game one also was on Bryce Harper to hit a homer given it was his birthday I can't imagine not placing that bet on his birthday right of and course, that cash in the first inning so then I was back up but now like you said Kyle I'm I'm ready I'm ready to look forward uh week six was not kind to me I'm ready for for week seven
1: it's kind of the life of someone who looks at sports day in, day out. I know all of you do too. And then the way that you spin it to your spouse or yourself or your, whoever else it is, is, well, you know, in this area, I might've lost like the Braves lost, but my two main home leagues teams won because of a Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen stack. So I stormed back in a couple of months, So I feel great about that. I won in cash, but I lost in dynasty so you know, basically like, honey, we can pay for groceries this week. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah.
2: Just the emotional hedging each, each time, each slate, each game that happens. Yeah. It's, it's the life we choose and you know, I wouldn't have it any other way, Kyle. Let's be honest. Yeah.
1: yeah. So let's talk about those cash lineups. Straight cash, homie. If you're one of those people that says, Hey, I'm six weeks in maybe been up, down, up, down, wherever you've been, um, you are trying to get back. We have articles on the site walking through our cash process. I even every single week review mine. So if you want to go on our website, cash review article, if you're just like, Hey, I, I need to remember how to get through this because I'm lost. I, you know, you played, I saw some people that were playing 49er stacks, which in cash. And I, and I was just like, I don't know if we mentioned them this past week as a team that we, you know, other than we thought they would win. I think Vegas thought they would win, but we'd never mentioned play Chris McCaffrey at all as somebody you should. So if you need to go back to it, just, uh, just, you know, go back to the process. But for you bets, um, I think the slate kind of came down on um, a couple of cheap running backs. And did you have Raheem Mostert? And you did, but that's kind of like where the field should have recognized.
2: Yeah. Mostert was awesome. I mean, the matchup was perfect. The team total was the best on the slate. And then of course, Jeff Wilson didn't get activated. We talked about that. And you even said, you're like, I'm not worried at all. And and that was just kind of the icing on the cake to be like, yep, yeah, you lock him in no matter what. So I felt like if you didn't have him, that was certainly a mistake. The other big thing on the slate, of course, was do you play one of, or both of Chuba Hubbard or Donta Foreman with the Bears running back injuries and Miles Sanders getting rolled out? I was happy to land on Chuba. I think you know, the Foreman situation, I, I totally get, right? It's like he's the only guy. That's the argument for Dante Foreman. But when that is your argument for a player, remember it's it's this is kind of what we talk about like in fragility in redraft leagues and best ball leagues. Dante Foreman wasn't an inactive player for them three weeks in a row. So I just wasn't sure how highly the coaching staff thought of him, which is why I landed on Chuba Hubbard, who had been eating into Miles Sanders' workload even before. Miles Sanders rolled out with the injury. Of course, we predicted you know them to lose, and, and you would say, okay, Chuba's probably going to get a bunch of receptions. So that's why I played him. It Turns out he yeah, was actually had a good day on the ground, <laughs> not as a pass catcher, was running for Chuba. But that's why I landed on Chuba. So that's kind of uh, my process through those guys. But because we had so much value, like we even had you know Josh Downs. We talked a lot about like Robert Woods. Like there were just so many options you could go down to. I thought Hollywood Brown was an incredible play, uh, in the mid range he got eleven targets again. I watched every air yard sail over his head in pain <laughs> because I played him. Um, but you just had so much value that like, I, I got no trap and I do something. I never do. And I hate myself, Kyle. I played a 4k San Francisco 49ers defense. Imagine actually paying 4,000 us dollars for the Niners defense, which I did. And you know, I, I, think it was one of those things where I kept landing on it and it's like, oh, like, I don't know where to spend this money. And I just kept like coming back to them. So I thought they were a safe bet for 10-ish or so points. And it's a friendly reminder to everyone and myself. We are not good at projecting defense. Yes. So I played a 4K defense. I deserve to lose. Um, yeah, what a train wreck for me. But yeah, <laughs> that by, was truly one of the most egregious mistakes I've made probably in the last two or three years.
1: And by, you know, you didn't do well. Like you missed the cash line by what, like four points? Yeah, that's Something what like it ended up being. Th- so... I did find that this past week had so much value that you almost like were left over with a ton of salary. Like for a while I was sitting with Gardner and Chuba and a punt defense and a punt tight end and Josh Downs. And I'm like, man, I I have all this money I'm trying to figure out how to allocate. So yeah, it was easy to pay up in certain spots. Like I had money left over where I moved up from Gardner to Stafford and ended up not mattering at all. But I looked at it and I was like, wow, there's just enough salary here. The biggest problem, I think, was just there were so many running back plays in general. Like, you had Kyron in your lineup who crushed. Travis Etienne was in our top plays. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Mostert, and then we had David Montgomery. You and I, I want to give this point of clarity. We had him as, a, as our RB2 in terms of cash plays, but he didn't end up in either of our lineups, which is... I had some people like, why didn't you have David Montgomery use your RB two? The problem is, is that every single person is cost prohibitive when they're above 7K. There's just any player. And so you have to ask yourself, what could go wrong? And how is this affecting the rest of my lineup? I will probably in cash always side with paying up for a wide receiver like Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill or any of those players overpaying over 7K for a running back who doesn't catch passes. Like that's kind of where David Montgomery has been. So at the end of the day, it, it it comes down to real projections. I just want to make sure that's clear with people. If you don't look at projections for your lineup, you will end up going off of vibes and feels alone. And so my lineups that had Montgomery in it, because he was he was in the mix, ended up being lower projections than the ones with Cooper Cup, who was like, oh, I'm just going to pay up for Cooper Cup. So I was fortunate to cash, fortunate to land on Cooper Cup. But um, yeah, any last thoughts about the slate? I mean, I think the way that you
2: just worded that is is sort of eye opening, but also very true. Cause like remember it was like two or three years ago, it's like, well, you just you jam in the seven and eight K running backs and you figure out wide receiver from there. But the NFL has changed, DK pricing has changed, the way players are scoring has changed, and actually optimally over the last couple of years it's been these seven and eight K wide receivers are what you need, not only in cash but in tournaments. And kind of these five and six K running backs can get there because every running back is going to a committee. You can get there in PPR formats on DK with some pass-catching running backs sometimes. So, you know, injuries open up, running back plays, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that And that's something that I think we should remember moving forward is that these guys are priced in the 8 and 9K range for a reason. What Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup are doing is just hard to even wrap your head around. Like, they're just, they're so good. And, and someone in Discord I saw after Sunday was like, I'm starting to think we just, we play Tyree Kill and we just figure it out. Like, no matter what, you just play and you figure it out from there. And I kind of laugh, but I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Like, that's a good point. So I'm with you in that take for sure. But yeah, it was an interesting slate. I, not kidding, I counted nine running backs. I would have felt totally fine playing in cash. And those weeks always feel very, very tricky to nail. So yeah, it was a tough slate. Um, Obviously not great for me personally, but I'm happy to talk through it and get better in the process.
1: It was a low scoring slate too. Like across the board, cash was fine. The line was fine, like, you know, in the 130s, 140s, whatever. But in tournaments, I remember having a couple teams early on. I was like, this team is live. Like, I had a a tournament team that had Thielen and Mostert. I got an early touchdown from Kenneth Walker, who was my slate breaker. Um, I had a Burrow stack with Tyler Boyd in it. I was just like, this team is live. And then the rest of the day, the Seahawks and Bengals just started, decided they wanted to fart around. So it was a weird slate in that regard where it's like teams with like 170 points were like, you know, doing well in tournaments, which usually it's like, oh, eh, that's fine, but it's not going to really take home a lot of stuff. So keep that in mind. Slate context matters so much. Like I had somebody getting really mad about Logan Thomas. They're Like, hey, you guys, Logan Thomas is your top play. He scores 1.2 points. They're like, this guy sucks. He screwed my lineup. I go, Logan Thomas did not mess with your lineup at all like at all because you know everybody was playing him so it didn't matter and then you look at tight ends from this past week kelsey and andrews were two of the top five tight ends they weren't on the slate so you were like unaffected by anybody other than people that played kyle pitts or New smith right
2: yeah i so, mean the other one that was in play was evan ingram right but, he was fine and he was fine like at his price Nine tag points. like he probably was good enough. i think he had like seven for 41 so like 11 points or something. Um, but that's another thing is there's, I always feel so uncomfortable in that range of tight end because they're so likely to fail, right? Like if Eveninger would have come out and given you five points, which in hindsight, obviously he didn't, but if he would have, and Logan Thomas gave you one or two, Logan Thomas is probably the better play salary adjusted because of what you could do for your lineup. So yeah, that's the reason we play tight ends is because these guys fail so often. Like the top 12 this week was like Kylan Granson and both, uh, Falcons guys, right? And like, Trey McBride. yeah, Trey McBride. Hey, Dynasty Sheriffs, Trey McBride. Here we go. Um, He finally actually ran more routes than <laughs> Zach Arts this week. But um, but yeah, it, it, that's the reason we play those tight ends is because it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and, and I just... My last point I want to give about Cash is it matters so much that you understand, is this player going to be... Is this player going to hurt me? Like, Logan Thomas can't hurt you because of how popular he was. and it doesn't really matter. Tyree Kill was one of those players this past week that balled out in tournaments. But in cash, he didn't hurt you. Like in my double up, he was like 8%. So even lineups with Tyreek Hill, like the field wasn't playing him. So you have to think about that too. It's just, what is the field doing and is that going to affect me? So keep that in mind. But let's talk about one of our winners. So every week we like to celebrate some of our members in Discord that get to share some of their winnings. So... Had some good Sunday night winners, some Monday night. I actually uh, had a team. that was pretty live with a Dak Prescott as captain. Um, you know, it cashed, but uh, for a while I was sitting pretty. But I did want to read this one, Bets, off Discord from Big Man Twenty Five. He said, "I just want to thank you, Ballers and Borg and Bets, especially for the great advice over the past couple of years. I'm a 21 year old college student, and the boys will be taking this win." To happy hour at Chili's in honor of you. I mean,
2: hey, is there anything better than treating the boys to a round at Chili's? The answer is no, of course. Just um, just <laughs> the
1: chips and salsa. That's it.
2: <laughs> Keep them coming. Um, this this just made me laugh so much. Like truthfully, made my day. So we wanted to give this a yes. shout out. But that was that was great. I would like to also have a good week coming up so that I
1: can take my family to Chili's. We'll see how it goes. That's okay. This is a community-based podcast Our Discord footballers is built around fun and entertainment. Here's my challenge for you. I'm going to give some free swag out. Some free swag from shopballers.com, which to me. Not to you, bets. You have enough. Uh, uh but we do have some some great stuff. I just got some hoodies for my for my wife and my boys just got one too. It's like, "Hey, we got great stuff shopballers. If you have some winnings this next week from DFS, DFS pass I want you to take a picture of yourself eating at Chili's and and thank you the win, you know, tag Chili's on Twitter if you need to. And uh, if you send that picture, I will I will hook you up with some free stuff. Okay, so you have to do two things. One, you got to win. <laughs> so there's pressures on. You got to make sure you mention the DFS pass. And then you got to take a picture at Chili's. What could go better? I love it. Your family will love you. Your friends will. All right, let's talk about this next week. State of the main slate. Each week, Bets and I refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where Bets and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com and we're going to do something a little different this week. Usually Bets and I check in um, either with some props, but I wanted to check in on the win totals market because I think we're at a point in the season where we think we know what teams are, but there could be some inefficiencies in uh, some of these futures markets. So you can still place these on DraftKings, if you want, you know, the lines have clearly moved. I'll publish an article this week that kind of shows here are our projections before the season. Here's where they were after the NFL draft. Here's where they moved to in the summer. And here's where they are now. Um, the ones that feel really good, just to, can, can we have a good moment? Betts, I need to bring you out of the out of the depths. So can I remind you that we're not idiots? Yeah, please. I need this. Okay. We took the Carolina Panthers under. Do you remember what that under was at set before the year? Um, wasn't it even money? Was it plus 100? It was. And for a while, it was moving in the wrong direction. But their total was at seven and a half before. We took the under and screamed, this team is 0 and 6. They need to go eight, <laughs> laughably 8 and 3 <laughs> in their final 11. So uh, that's funny. Their line right now is three and a half. and a So uh, that feels really good. And then one that you, I need to give you props here because I I thought the line was fine. Uh, the Patriots at seven and a half, and you said no. This team could be a dumpster fire. Um, the line for them is currently four and a half. They're one and five. The Patriots. It's shocking, but they are actually in play for Caleb Williams.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of teams actually in play, <laughs> in play right now for that top pick. Um, yeah, man, New England, like it's just it's tough to watch, right? Because not only is Mac Jones not playing well, he's got all this kind of noise right now, right? Of Like, oh, like, is it time to make a change? And, uh, you know, there's talk of, like, Malik Cunningham getting some snaps soon. There was talk, a report before the game that like he's on a short leash. Like, imagine being a quarterback and hearing that and then having to go play. Like, there's just so many negative things happening around him. And then the team is just slow, man. Like, they're giving Zeke touches, like, Hunter Henry's kind of plodding around out there. Kendrick Bourne is your wide receiver one. Like that, it's not, you can't win in the NFL today. And the reason why I was so bullish on it is because of their schedule, right? It was like a landslide, the hardest schedule in the NFL. And they continue to have tough matchups coming up. So this week they are, I think I saw nine point or eight and a half point underdogs against Josh Allen on the Bills. So yeah, I think we just keep fading the Patriots.
1: Speaking of the Bills, I do want to give out a line that I think is off okay this is a current line that you can take a DraftKings Sportsbook. it's it's the bills okay this team is currently four and two bets do they feel like a four and two team so far not after watching the giants game <laughs> that was that was gross the offense looks broken it looks and, and this is the best way to put this team this team is thin like thinner than you can imagine across their skill position players If any of them were to go down, which we're not projecting injury, but when we look at win totals markets, we think about the under and think about a team like what could go wrong. Obviously, with Josh Allen, things would change. Stephon Diggs feels like he's like 70% of the offense. That's something to keep in mind. The running game has not been great. Um, James Cook's not catching passes. I just think there's a lot of issues here. The team's 4-2. and They have 11 games remaining, Okay. They have to go seven and four, all right, which isn't, I mean, it's very Bills. They could do that. Seven and four of their final 11 games. Their win total is set at ten and a half, And the under is at plus 125. So what are your thoughts on that? And is that line just a little off?
2: I mean, I think it's pretty good value when you think about the plus odds because. Yeah,
1: maybe that's a better way to put it, yeah.
2: For sure. And and no one would be surprised if they win eleven games. Certainly Josh Allen is Josh Allen and the Bills are great and they've got a good coaching staff and all and all those things. But the schedule gets really tough not right away, but soon. Like they're gonna win against New England. I think everyone would agree probably on that. They play them twice. So if you chalk up and say, like, okay, there's two wins, Tampa, you know, is fine. I think they'll push back a little bit. Most likely they'll win that game. But they've got and then they've got the Broncos, of course. But then they've got The Bengals, I mean, the Jets just upset the Eagles. They play the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Dolphins in week 18. So the schedule is not easy. And I think if you're looking at just value play, this is probably going to be super thin. Like they'll probably come in at 10 wins or 11 wins. And whenever it's like kind of that close to me, I think you just take the value. So yeah, under 10 and a half makes sense. And we also always just underestimate... The chaos in the NFL right like yes. we're always like this is what it is and this is what it will always be but then the Giants almost beat the Bills on Sunday Night Football with Tyra Taylor right or the Eagles lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets like that stuff just happens so yeah man I think under 10.5 is, is a very good value at those odds
1: yeah and remember week one this team did lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets like there's just so much more that you when you look at win totals everything is on a spectrum it's on it's you know it's scaled probability so don't just look at it and say, okay, well, they have a 100% chance against New England. Like, no, they could easily lose in New England. You know, maybe you put it at 65 or 70% they're going to win. But there's a reason the lines are the way they are. You can convert them using money line stuff. But uh, Bill's under right now, under 10.5 wins at plus 125. Let's take a break and we'll talk about this slate. All right, for week seven, we have some teams on bye. So keep that in mind. That's Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, New York, the Jets, and the Tennessee Titans. So we have six teams on bye. And when you look at this slate, there are only 10 games bets, 10. It feels so thin. And then it feels even thinner when you look at the fact that every single game was bet down in the last day or so. Like I looked at the look ahead lines, looked at the Monday lines. I got the lines updated for the show. They're all down. Even our favorite game of the week is no longer a 50 plus game. So um, is it is it the same thing? Because like Rich Rebar had this great tweet, but 60% of the NFL games this year hit the under. That's the highest rate through six weeks of any season in the 2000s. Betts and I always talk about unders. I talk about betting unders on the 50 points and we've kind of seen that same trend. So what are you seeing for this week in terms of just the context of this slate?
2: It's gross, dude. (laughs) It's really gross. I mean, especially when you look at the early window, right? When you're thinking about late swap opportunities and stuff like that. I mean, every total in the early window is 42 points or less. Gross. Very gross. (laughs) And then in the late window, you know, you've got uh, KC and the Chargers, which looks really fun at 49 points, but uh, the Chargers have flaws. They're coming off less rest. Very tough spot traveling to kansas city where andy Reid historically crushes with extra time to prepare remember casey had that thursday night game this past week against the broncos they've got extra time to prepare against the chargers i think that's an under game that line has moved like you said from 51 i think to 49 over the last couple of days so yeah it's 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 a gross slate very low scoring i think one where i don't think you have to do as much correlation most likely where you can just kind of play a couple stacks play your favorite plays and not have to worry about it because when these games fail, it's more likely that individual players get there, not the full game environment.
1: That is a key point because when I'm constructing my tournament lineups, you know, I have my, you know, stack or my double stack and then my bring back from the other side. That's kind of like a good starting point. Like, okay, well, you know, let's say for this one, you're like, I like Justin Herbert uh, with Keenan Allen and I don't know, Josh Palmer. That's just what you're doing. And then you're bringing back with Travis Kelsey on the other side. You go from there and you feel good. But it's easy to go into mode where you go, okay, well, I got to correlate those two players from that game and those two players from that game and the running back and the defense. And you end up correlating so much that not only do you run into other people in their roster percentages because they see those same combinations, but you end up not getting the same plays. So yes, we love correlation and nobody correlates better than those in the same game. But when the totals are this low... You're more just looking at individual offenses and saying which players can crush in their matchups than saying I need to go back and forth. Like maybe this game doesn't go back and forth. Maybe it's, you know, like it was this past week, 49ers and Browns, where hopefully you didn't correlate anybody because even if you said, hey, I want to play CMC and I don't know Elijah Moore or you know Amari Cooper and George Kittle, it's like that whole game was ruined and so neither player got there and it, it, it ruined a lineup. So. Uh, What are the teams with the highest team implied totals? Yeah, this week, the
2: Chiefs are leading the way. They are up at 27.3. Seattle, right behind them at 26.3. Buffalo, 25.3. Green Bay at 22.8 coming out of their bye week. And the Rams uh, also down there around 23 points.
1: It's weird to see the Packers, because I feel like we haven't seen them on a slate in a while. Um, 22.8 as like a, that's a good total. That feels so low. Like even the Ravens, who are favorites at home in the early window, like they're one of the few teams that like show up in the green of our team implied total, but they're still only at 22.5 like. Is there any advice about a number that you feel comfortable with like cuz cuz usually we're just hitting like 25, 26, 27 for all these teams. We really only have like three, maybe four teams to work with this week.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it is one of those you know, weeks where I think you are going to want to pick a couple of teams and just focus on them. Um, think about teams that you think could hit the over on their total and just kind of lean into it. We're gonna talk about a couple that we like today. Um, the tricky thing about that though is right, like everyone's gonna say, okay, you know, it's Seattle and it's KC, which I agree with. But the Chiefs, like, you really have zero confidence in their guys. Like, Pacheco has been great, obviously Kelsey, but you know, it's like, do you double stack with Rasheed Rice? He's still only running a little bit of the team's routes, like Kadarius Toney's getting a one yard dot, right? Like you just, it's so hard to, with that situation. And then Seattle, like Metcalf's been banged up all year. Lockett's been good, but not great. Like it's, it's just sort of tricky. So I think you do want to lean into those uh, team applied totals. Uh, but obviously, you know, they're not the end all be all when you think about uh, DFS.
1: So Kansas City and the Chargers will be the top game by everybody because, well, the Chargers are fun. The Chargers are sexy, and the Chargers will let you down. That's just how it works, people. I had to wake up my son this morning. He asked, "Did the Chargers win?" I go, <laughs> "No, son. No, they they don't." You laugh. They don't do what space. you want them. Yeah, because uh, he was wanting to wear his Justin Herbert shirt, and I said, "Sorry, son, you can't today." Not uh, today. He's he's wearing a Devin Booker shirt. So okay, there you go. That's fine. Um, with that game, it's going to be popular. It was bed down, as Betts mentioned. And I did want to give a stat because this is a different Chiefs team than I think we've dealt with in the past. Usually it's just like the defense sucks, it's back and forth, and you can count on Mahomes. Mahomes is 7-2 and two in his career against the Chargers. But here's a wild thing. He's never surpassed 25 DraftKings points against them at home. Which it's shocked me that a player that we think like 300-yard bonus, easy uh you know they're going to put up 30 plus points he's really good on the road but in Arrowhead I just want to at least bring that up that this defense is better they haven't needed him in the same way like Patrick Mahomes on his uh, in terms of season long leads is like barely a top 10 quarterback so his price tag which we'll talk about is the most expensive player on the slate like our most expensive quarterback 8300 it's not a sure thing i don't think it's a slam dunk that Patrick Mahomes puts up, because he's never done it. Like, If you didn't get 25 DraftKings points from Patrick Mahomes in a tournament, would you be disappointed?
2: I think at his tag, you certainly would. And that's that's the conversation Jason and I had when you were at the beach a few weeks ago. We talked about him versus Anthony Richardson in cash. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Richardson at like 7K and Mahomes at like 8.2. And it's like, if Mahomes gives you 18 points, like that's a bad play, right? And that's the tricky thing is that he just hasn't had these explosion games not that he can't obviously they got the best total on the slate they're at home but like you said the defense just like they haven't been good they've been great they're top 10 in yards to play allowed top 10 in epa they've been holding opponents under their team total every week that's why i was big time on denver last week in the under um and because of that you just haven't had to have mahomes be superman right like macheco has been great they're giving him the ball defense is giving them short fields, so anything can happen of course in any week but like you said, the price tag means he has to be awesome. And just this season, he hasn't needed to be, which you know is good for the Chiefs because their team is uh, more well-rounded and, and they're great and they're winning games. But for DFS and for Fantasy, it definitely has taken, I think, a little ceiling off of Mahomes this year.
1: It's just rare that you would point at a team that has the highest team implied total on the slate in the best game environment. And you pause a little bit, right? You pause and just say, okay, this isn't business as usual. This isn't just you know, them going back and forth, but it's the Chargers. So maybe it can be, I would say Arizona and Seattle will have some supporters this week because it's relatively cheap, right? Like Kenneth Walker, we'll talk about is appropriately priced for his role. The Seahawks have a great team applied total. They're 8.0 favorites. I think the Seahawks seem like the next best option on this slate. If you just wanted to lean into that. So We'll talk, we'll talk about that game more, but any sneaky games you want to mention?
2: No, I think that's kind of the one that stuck out to me is like that tier two game. And I think when you see Cardinals, you almost sort of like kind of squint. And you're like, do I really want to do that? But it's just so concentrated to kind of where the ball goes. Like I know Marquise Brown failed last week. Believe me, I know he failed last week, <laughs> but his target counts. They're crazy. He's like seeing 10 targets every single week. And like, if you're going to keep getting that, he's the obvious bring back, right? If you're stacking up Gino on the other side, Um, we'll see how the tight ends project after we look through the numbers and everything. But like the running backs, you can't really have any confidence in. Like, it's just so clear of where you go with it. So my fear is that you think it's sneaky and then you look and you're like, huh, all their guys were super chalky because you know where the ball goes. So, right. yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about it. The other thing is Josh Jobs has sort of kind of come back to, down to earth down to earth not that he was ever incredible but remember like week one it was like oh this could be a train wreck and then weeks two three four it's like no he's actually playing pretty well and then we've kind of seen him struggle recently so um yeah I don't know where I lean on it yet but I think it's at least on our radar
1: I will throw out that Detroit Baltimore is an interesting game in terms of game theory I think people won't play it Dave Montgomery's not playing and are we are we for sure he's not playing I mean, I would be
2: surprised. They said uh, he'll be out, quote, a little bit. But a rib injury for a running back is much more difficult to play through than any other position, given the contact they take.
1: I think what these teams are good at, um, it just sets up really well for a passing matchup for Jared Goff, Amon Ra. Um, Same thing with the Ravens. like They're not going to be able to run the ball the same way they have before against a good Lions front. So I just think it's an interesting value game. In that early window, that I think people won't play, and Lamar Jackson on this slate, I bet people won't play him as much as Herbert Mahomes. So he, he he always can break a slate. So, um, what game do you want to be underweight on? Man, normally we, you and
2: I, you know, you don't need to tell us to play a backup quarterback in cash. We're we're always trying to do that. But Kyle, <laughs> Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell our king. Uh, at, I don't even know how to say this guy's name, Tyson, is it Bajant? Bajon. Bajon for the Bears. Looks like an absolute disaster. I mean, the total's at 37 and a half. If you want to know what the market thinks of Chicago currently, the Raiders have been somewhat terrible. They are favored by three points in this game against their backup for Chicago. And the Raiders games have just been a slog, right? Five and one to the under. Um, they're 27th in plays per game. They're 26th in in seconds per play. They're bottom 10 in EPA. And then you think about the other side of the game, it's like, okay, is there any value in Chicago? And with this guy under center, I don't think so because last week when he entered and granted, you know, this week he'll prepare as a starter. So it's different. But when he entered last week, Dante Foreman was not doing much on the ground. He had like zero work, but then over half of his carries in that game came after, uh, Badgett, I don't know how to say his name, Badgeant entered the game. So like they're going to try to hide him, I think. And this just screams gross under, so no thank you on Las Vegas and Chicago.
1: I'm going to say Cleveland and Indianapolis, the total's at 39. If we get P.J. Walker again and Gardner Minshew, no thank you. I mean, we saw how good the Cleveland defense was last week. I When I look at this matchup and then I start going down the rest of the week and I'm like, why are there so many backup quarterbacks playing in the league right now? P. J. That's Walker. the other thing on
2: the slate is why it's so low is because there's, what, going to be four or
1: five, maybe, backup quarterbacks playing? I could name 10 quarterbacks from this slate that will not be starting for their teams next year. Like, that's that's wild to think. I'm, I'm just going to... This is a fun task, people. PJ Walker, nope. Gardner Minshew, not happening. Mac Jones, not going to be the quarterback next year. Baker Mayfield, probably not the quarterback next year. Desmond Ritter is a turd. Um... <laughs> Raiders quarterbacks, no. Your boy Tyson, no. Sam Howell, probably not. Um, Tyrod Taylor, nope. Uh, you know, Josh Dobbs, not going to happen. It's like, that's half the slate is those kind of dudes. Should be fun. Uh, who knows? Desmond Ritter just kind of stumbles his way into good stuff. Like You know, him what, the, you know what this
2: league needs? This league needs Aiden O'Connell under center, Kyle.
1: Hey, punt play of the year. I feel like in, in our awards, <laughs> I think at the end of the year, he will definitely be in the crew.
2: Oh, for sure. At least at least in consideration.
1: Okay, so I don't like that game. Which team are you most confident hits are over?
2: So truthfully, I don't have a strong take this week, but I wanted to make sure I at least gave something. I like the Rams to have a chance to go for 23 points. Currently, you can get over 22.5 at minus 118 on DK. It's minus 120 on FanDuel. We know they're already a high pass rate of our expectation team. They're going to chuck it over and over and over again. And then you think about their current situation. Karen Williams is supposed to miss this game. Ronnie Rivers is currently out for a month plus with a PCL injury. So then you've got six round rookie Zach Evans, who they clearly don't think highly of because he barely got time before these injuries. And then Royce Freeman is on the practice squad. And those are the only two dudes right now. So they're probably going to add a back somewhere. But I don't think it matters. Like, I think Stafford is just going to be chucking in this game, um, given that the strength of their offense is Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. So they've been over this mark in four of six games. Pittsburgh has allowed three of five opponents to clear this team total. But the thing is, the ones that they didn't were the Raiders, who we kind of already talked about. And this Baltimore team where they were winning, but they just, like, couldn't catch the ball. Remember, it was all those drops. Mark Andrews dropped one. Rashad Bateman dropped one. If they catch those touchdowns, which they do every other week— uh, They clear this mark. So I think those numbers are a little misleading. So give me over on the Rams this week.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you a gross one. And maybe it's more the game environment. But the Cardinals total is so low. And I get that Josh Dobbs is bad. But this team has hit their team implied total in four of six games. Four of them have hit the over. They've been sneaky. They've been covering way more than people realize. So I just think it's a game environment that at 44 and a half, I like the over. I like the Seahawks a lot this week. So I'm cheating a little. I'm just more saying I like that game to hit the over. That's fair. Okay, good. I I wanted to make sure I wasn't cheating. All right, last one. Which team are you most confident hits their under?
2: We should just keep fading the Patriots, right? I mean, this feels like the Broncos of last (laughs) year where you just do it and you just blindly do it and it usually works out. Um, Under 16.5 on FanDuel is minus 118. They are 0-6 to their team total this season, averaging A whopping 12 points per game is New England, dead last in EPA. And since week three, they're averaging 8.8 points per game. Uh, Mac Jones is currently dead last in efficiency, 29th in completion rate over expected. And he has the second most turnover worthy plays in the NFL among starting quarterbacks. So I'll fade New England one more time this year.
1: I do not like the Steelers. They're on the road against the Rams. This team is somehow three and two. And I get that they're probably going to be healthier they're coming off a buy. They'll get Deontay Johnson back who we'll talk about. I think you could play him in cash, but this team is 29th in points per game, 26 in plays per game. And on the road, they've had some truly atrocious stuff, including getting blown out at Houston 30 to six. So I don't think the Steelers are a team that you need to stack cash. Sure. Go for it if you need Deontay Johnson, but uh, they're just a team that I'm not interested in. All right. Let's talk about our salary standouts. Salary standouts. So at quarterback, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes at 8.3. I do want to mention Justin Herbert because I looked up his splits. It's it's interesting. So there's $300 price gap right there, but against the Chiefs in his career, so over three years, he's averaging 27.5 DK points, 2.5 passing touchdowns per game and a yards per tent of over eight that's pretty nice
2: those are incredible numbers
1: i know so those are the two pay up this week in cash that i think people go back and forth with if you just don't want to stress yourself out don't play justin herbert but if you like the pain (laughs) do it because i might if
2: you want to get your heart rate up while not exercising play justin herbert
1: yeah uh, I think Gino is great. You have him down here, too, at 6K. You lean in the team total. You lean into the fact that Arizona's dead last and schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, but he seems like the clear cheap guy.
2: Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, truthfully, Gino hasn't been that good for fantasy, but on a slate like this where we're talking about you know five backup quarterbacks and Mahomes at 8.3 who, like you're hoping, gets 20 points, I think I'll just take the savings this week. We'll see what the numbers say, you know, come Friday. But um, yeah, Gino looks rock solid at 6K.
1: Yeah, points per dollar wise, he should show up quite well this week against Arizona. I think the trickier conversation is, do you play Gino or do you play Ken Walker, who's 7K against Arizona? Remember last week they got destroyed in the second half by Kyron Williams. They just fed him the rock. And Ken Walker is just getting the type of carries that we like. He has 24 carries this year inside the 20 over the last month. So he's just getting insane usage inside the 10 zone. His carries have been seven, five, seven, five. Like they keep giving him the carries, So he seems like he's priced appropriately.
2: Yeah. And I think he's going to project pretty well because the matchup, like you talked about, and you know, we always see this kind of post by rookie bump in terms of usage, not for the running back situation, not for um, Charbonnet. For Seattle, it was kind of business as usual. Ken Walker's their dude, right? So um, I think he's a rock-solid play. He's got 17-plus carries in his last four games. So against the Cardinals, that should be plenty enough.
1: Yeah, the expensive running backs this week, it's like Eckler at 8.6, who I don't know if you had this takeaway. I know you're watching Phillies games. I watched the whole Chargers game, every single snap, just because I wanted to feel alive. I feel like Eckler looked kind of sluggish.
2: Yeah not surprising though right first game back from the high ankle hasn't played since week one so and, and good Dallas front right so it make, kind of makes sense but the thing that was really encouraging to me on Eckler was designed screens as usual he got a ton of check down. some of those got called back because of penalties and stuff like that but he's gonna catch the ball and that's certainly in play with Quentin Johnston not really emerging and Mike Williams done for the year so I, th- I think his passing role is, is pretty secure.
1: What are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs? He's 7.4 against the Bears who have been a terrible defense top top down. And, and I bring that up because I think Roshan Johnson in the same game is going to be a player that people want to play. It's almost like we wanted to play him last week, but he wasn't active. So Josh Jacobs at 7.4, Roshan Johnson, those are very different ends of the pricing spectrum, but they both are going to project well this week.
2: Yeah, I think so. And obviously for Johnson, it's a it's a pricing thing. I just have big time concerns I already mentioned that game. Like I just see a ton of systemic risk with both quarterbacks playing the game total dropping. I wouldn't be surprised if it closes lower than what it is right now. So I, I don't love either guy for that reason. And so if you're making me pick kind of one of the seven K backs, I think I'd rather play Ken Walker and then potentially based off what the numbers tell us just drop down and take the value savings for Roshan.
1: Yeah. There's going to be value this week. Roshan. Zach Evans for the Rams is stone man at 4k Craig Reynolds at 4.9. Uh, so between those three cheap guys, do you have a preference?
2: Well, it's tough right now because we don't know about Jameer Gibbs. And I think if Gibbs is active, I don't know that you can play Craig Reynolds in cash. Um, I think you could still probably play him in a tournament, but it's a tough matchup against Baltimore. So like, I kind of feel uh, kind of just fine with him right now until we get more information. Gibbs is the key for him. And then Zach Evans, like I said, these 4K running backs are very difficult to fail in cash because if Zach Evans gives you 8, 10 points and the rest of your lineup and you, you can pay up for, uh, you know, a Kelsey or a cup or whoever you want, like if those guys smash, then Zach Evans was worth it, right? But I just have the same fears as Deontay Foreman last week where it's like, does this team even really like him, right? He didn't touch the ball much at all this year. Even after Cam Akers was traded, he still didn't get much of an opportunity. So that concerns me a little bit. Um, Sixth round pick, I think, right? And there's some, I think
1: I think he might have been a seventh, but I go for it. Some
2: Dynasty people I know kind of liked him, but like the NFL has somewhat already told us that they don't love him. So that's my long-winded way of saying I think he's an interesting fade if he is going to be very popular this week.
1: Yeah, I remember Zach Evans was somebody we highlighted in the Dynasty show. Yeah, six-round pick, 215th overall. And if you go back through from high school all the way forward, like after high school, he's basically just not come through. So I don't want to put that narrative over his life or this week, but he's 4k. Like I mean, That's what I
2: mean. Like if he gives you eight or 10 points in cash, like, and and you and Cooper, Cooper Cup gives you 30 as he always does, he's probably worth it, right? Like I think he's a better tournament fade though.
1: Okay. Um, Pacheco, if you want to play him at 6.1, totally fine with that. If you're like, Hey, I don't want to play my homes. I'll play Pacheco. Um, you can definitely go that route at wide receiver this week. We also have some value. So it's another one of those things where it's like your spend up options have to come through for you because everybody's going to be finding these value options, right? Like they're going to be playing these cheap, uh, running backs. They might be punting the tight end position. And then at wide receiver, Wondell Robinson is showing out early in the week. It's like, okay, well we need to play this guy. He's 3.8. Um, he seems like a really like cashy player. He's just super cash vibes.
2: Yeah. If you want a hundred yards, don't play Wanda Robinson. (laughs) That's the take. But if you want five catches and maybe a chance to clear 40 or 50 yards, that's your dude. Um, But in all seriousness, like they are fading out. Paris Campbell didn't play on offensive snap this past week. Isaiah Hodges is getting phased out like it's Wandale and it's actually kind of nice to see Jalen Hayek an opportunity too so it's those guys and Slayton as far as the wide receivers that they're running in three wide receiver sets so yeah I think he's again a totally rock solid cash play certainly question the ceiling
1: yeah so he's 3,800 on DraftKings Michael Wilson is 3,800 what if I told you that Michael Wilson still leads all wide receivers in expected points added per target bets all wide receivers I would not believe you. I know. I saw the tweet. I was like, "What?" Um, and then, can I throw out a really gross name? Like, I I actually wrote the name down just to get a reaction out of you. But then I I have some thoughts. But um, what about Juju Smith Schuster?
2: Oh man, Kyle, <laughs> don't do this to me. I was having a good morning. Uh, what is he? Three point two. Yes. I don't know, dude. I don't think. I just don't think you're going to need to go there if we get. Roshan or Zach Evans, you know, or wandale Like, if you just play those three, you can play whoever you want on the slate. So, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to throw his name out there because he missed this past week. So, if you're box score hunting, you're like, wait, where is he? Uh, he missed this past week with a concussion. Should return this week. He is leading the Patriots in targets per route run. You know, not not many people know that.
2: Dude, I'm looking at his game logs right now. <laughs> he a, his best his best game was 7.8 draftings points. And over Where'd his you... last three, it's three point six. Whoa. Two point four. Whoa. One point five, Kyle. But would you take
1: but would you take seven points? Sure, but I don't think we're gonna get it. Dang it. I just wanted to mention him because <laughs> I I saw he was cheap. I was like, why is he so cheap? Let me look at his targets per outrun. Okay. He's uh he's priced there for a reason, but he's cheap. Um Deontay Johnson, I think, is the player that will show up a lot. Because people haven't been able to play him, he's been on IR. Coming back, five K. He just seems like a PPR play too. Like I just feel like this week is shaping up like Wandale, Deontay Johnson, low ceiling PPR guys.
2: Yeah, it's hard though, right? Like because you just don't know how healthy is he truly. That's the tricky thing. And like George Pickens has emerged. Uh, Kenny Pickett has had plenty of flaws this year. So like I don't think he's a slam dunk. I think he's fine. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. We'll see. But also in the same price range, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to play Marquise Brown and oh, just watch the ball. I'd rather play Hollywood. Yeah. I'll watch the ball sail over his head every time and just scream at the TV. So at 5.3, I mean, I kind of joked about it earlier. Like, oh, he's seeing about 10 targets per game. But like, if you look at his game logs, literally his last uh, five, going back to week two, 10, 7, 10, 10, 11 targets. In a negative game script against Seattle, it's really tough to not project well.
1: Yeah, he's going to show up, I'm going to tell you right now in my top 5 top plays because it's so rare to find somebody at that price point that gives you 10 targets. Like it's just it's breaking what we do in cash. So, Hollywood looks great, Zay Flowers a little bit more expensive, 5.7. Um he still has a 28% target share, and just to give you some context among rookie wide receivers since 2014. Here are the rookie wide receivers that have giving you a target share of 28% or above. Odell Beckham, Drake London, Zay Flowers. That's it. And and obviously, maybe he doesn't sustain it, but that's awesome. So uh, keep that in mind if you want to play him. And then the expensive guys. I just wrote Cup and Amon Ra if you want to play those guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, Seth Diggs is in play. He's coming off a 16 target. He's been so consistent and just the offense, like you said, with uh, a rookie tight end, Dawson Knox, and Gabe Davis as his competition for targets. You kind of pencil them in for 10 to 12 targets every week, right? So Diggs is in play. I think you just pick your favorite stud and then kind of go from there. They're all great, in my opinion.
1: And you can't pick Tyreek Hill since he's not on the main slate. So darn it. Um, big Sunday night game, though. Miami at Philadelphia. Are you just peeing your pants already? Because you guys are coming off a loss.
2: Yeah, I've already peed him twice. I'm excited. Yeah.
1: Nice. All right, tight in this <laughs> week, Travis Kelsey is 8K on DraftKings. Um, but if you look back, he's killed the Chargers last year against the Chargers, Sunday night, six for 115 and three. That's pretty good. Um, He also had a game in 2021 where he went 10 for 191 and two against them, put up 44 DraftKings points. So I think it's a real conversation. Before we've said just punt the position, people are going to have to deal with Travis Kelsey this week. And so my advice always is think of Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver. If you had a wide receiver at 8K, same price as a Monroe, would you play him here in the best game environment in a plus matchup? Like, would you play him as a straight wide receiver? And if you would, then as a tight end, he needs to be like considered. Don't just think I need to punt, but we do have some fine punt options.
2: I was going to say, it's tough. I wish there were, I wish it was like last week. Cause if he was on the slate where it's like, man, are we really paying a 4.4 for Evan Ingram or Logan Thomas is whatever. Ertz is whatever. Like I would probably try to find the money to get up to him. On this slate, I'm actually kind of excited about the punt option. So it's going to be a tricky, I think, decision. Uh, Michael Mayer, the rookie for Las Vegas, I talked about the game environment being a concern, but he's 2.7. And if you look at his snap and uh, route rate since week four, 30% of the routes, then 46% when we took an under on him in props, he he shoved it down our our face. Uh, Week six, 67% of the routes, then six targets last week. Um, and that was a lot of it was with Brian Hoyer, right? So like, if it is Hoyer, I think
1: it's fine against the bears. Trey McBride. I want to throw him out 2.6. He finally, finally surpassed Zach Ertz and snaps, which is awesome. And he had season highs, four receptions, 62 yards. Both of those guys, I think are need to be in your pool as punt options this week. But, uh, Andrews is, is still like always tempting at 5.7. So, what do you think about the fact that Zay, Zay Flowers, and Mark Andrews are the exact same price this week? Like, I, I, who would you rather have? So it's just straight player, straight role,
2: 5.7. I mean, it's so painful to say, but Zay Flowers' role is better currently. Oh. he's he. Remember in, like, week one and two, we're like, I don't know, man. He's just seeing screens, like his dots so low. Over the last month, he's really had an expanded route tree. He's actually getting some deep targets whereas like Mark Andrews has kind of just been you're hoping for five catches sort of situation, which in this matchup, I mean, it's a great matchup. He can do that, Um, and I'll have my exposure because, come on, it's Mark Andrews. But um, I think right now, I think I'd pick Steve Flowers.
1: Kyle Pitts gets a little bump, goes up $600 to 4.1. It's a trap. Trust me, it is a (laughs) trap, Uh, but I love it. I love that he's getting more involved down the field, just pure target. Same thing with Drake London. Um, but we didn't win, so it doesn't matter. Uh, defense this week. I am shocked at a couple of these prices this week. So I went in. I, I mean, I was already logged into my account, of course, you know, just sitting there. And I look at the Ravens, who are three-point favorites at home. And they are 2.5K. This team is averaging four sacks per game. That's tied for number one in the league. They rank number two in total yards per game allowed and six in first downs per game allowed. What am I missing here?
2: I don't know, man. I mean, the Lions are obviously a great offense, so that's part of it. But we talked about the total being pretty low. Uh, Baltimore is at home. They are favored in this game. And Dave Montgomery is a key to the offense, right? Like, obviously, running backs don't matter, whatever, whatever. But, like, to the Lions, Dave Montgomery matters. And you're going to have to see, I think, more pass attempts from Goff, which is good for his pass catchers. It's also good for the defense to create sacks, turnovers, etc. So, yeah, they're the first name I put in the dock as well.
1: Yeah. Ravens 2.5 seem like a cash team. And then dude, I think the Patriots at 2.1 are so I mean that's just ridiculously low for a team that yes, they're they're huge underdogs, but they're at home. So and, and Josh Allen's obviously a player that can explode in a bad way, multiple turnovers. So I just wanted to put the Patriots because usually you'd be like, "Oh, that team stinks. Like that's a cheap price." So 2.1's fine. You have the Falcons on here who have quietly been a good defense. I was going to say the numbers
2: on them have been really strong. And now they're taking on uh, Baker Mayfield, who, you know, has had some up and down moments throughout this season. They've been getting after the passer. They've been able to generate some sacks. Um, And so I think that's a good spot against Tampa. Also throw out, Kyle, my favorite defense on the the slate, forty two hundred. For the no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't do what I did, people. Don't. Are they really 4200? They're 4200. Yes.
1: On the road. I mean, it's Mac Jones. I know, but that is so expensive. I do. I don't mind the Seahawks, man. 3200 against Josh Dobbs. They're averaging four sacks a game. Like they should be 36, 3700 as a huge touchdown favorite. So. I think there's great options of defense. We never say that. We usually say, "Screw it, I'm not going to think about it." By the way, don't think about defense to the very end. Like, don't feel like you have to lock in a defense. Like, play around with a couple different ones. Whatever you land on, it's probably fine. Everything's fine. You're fine. Um, if you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus bets. You can play with us. I had someone friend request me today, and I said, "Hey, cool." Let's be friends on DraftKings. Um, I don't know what you do there, though. Like, I love DraftKings as a sponsor, but, like, it's not really my social media outlet. So, um, but you do get to play with us, which is super fun to take our money, make us feel bad. Uh, do that. So, ballersdfs.com if you want to play with us. Bets, tell everybody goodbye.
2: Yes, sir. We are back on Friday. It's a preview of the main slate once we get more information. Everyone out there, let's have a great week. You know, last week wasn't great for me, but let's let's look forward. Onward and upward. We're on to week seven. We'll catch you guys on Friday. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.